Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Good day and welcome to another fantastic adventure into the world of tax with the Tax Answers Advisor, Marcelino Dodge, enrolled agent here just talking to you about that exciting world of tax, leaving it or making it as exciting as we possibly can. Of course, we're talking about tax. In just a moment, we're going to talk about this current tax season with the thought tax preparation, tax resolution. What will you choose? I certainly want to extend out to all those listening to this program, my appreciation to taking in this, to listening, to taking in the advice, and even giving me a call to help you resolve your tax issues. Yes, because that's what I do. I resolve tax issues, do tax preparation for both individuals and businesses. So yes, to learn more about tax planning, tax resolution, other year-round tax services offered by me, Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial. You can email it's success at cashtracksfinancial.com or call 844 844- 394-4287 and visit our website, cashtracksfinancial.com once again to resolve your tax issues and to pay as little tax as possible. So as we jump in to talk today about tax preparation, tax resolution, what will you choose? That is a huge topic today because many people just either wonder, should I file? Have I filed? Will I file? How far behind am I? And so these questions, we got to get answered, or at least we need to help you to get answered there through our tax programs. So why is it important? One is, are you filing in time? We see millions of people as of the date of this recording have already filed their tax returns for the year 2022, and millions more are still going to. And there's going to be some that perhaps won't file at all. Others that are perhaps have not filed in a while. So what are they going to do? What are you going to do? Well, let's just kind of take a step back and let's take a look at exactly as this tax season has started as to what kind of efforts you can make yet even at this time to get your tax issues resolved and to work on them. As we see with the tax season, going in, it's always recommended, it's something I highly recommend as a tax professional, is that you electronically file your tax return. You're going to get your refunds faster. You're going to get a receipt from the IRS or from your state, which I can tell you is very important to have that electronic filing, uh, basically receipt is what I call it because it has come in handy, especially with the state, whatever state you're working with, it's important to have that because for some reason, and I've encountered this a little bit in what I do is that the state says, well, we don't have the tax return. Well, guess what? You do have it. And here's the receipt that you have. And I've had to provide that receipt to several clients over the past couple of years, because for whatever reason, our state just did not find it. And I've already had one case this year where the state says, we don't have it, but yet here you do have it. Go look it up. 
Now, keep in mind, as you file electronically, the good part about that is, is that social security numbers must match for that. And certainly that does happen. And then you can only get the electronic file through if your social securities are correct. So that's another great advantage of filing uh, correctly and filing electronically. Now, also make sure you got the correct bank accounts on your uh, tax filing because you don't want to go into the wrong account or the other side of it. If it, if it has a wrong account number and the bank rejects it, you can end up waiting weeks and sometimes even months because the IRS will convert it to a check, but yet you can end up, once again, it's hurry up and wait with the IRS. Make sure if you have yet to file, or maybe if you filed and all of a sudden you get this late W-2 or 1099 form, make sure you file an amended return before April 18th this year, because it is an awful, it is a very long tax season this year, going up to April 18th, which is the due date. We're going to come back a little bit to that and just a little more a little bit about the importance and significance of that. But yet make sure before you file, you do have all of your W-2s and 1099 forms. And we would hope by the time of this recording that you would actually have all your forms. But the, sometimes there are, are companies that are just late getting them out. Sometimes even investment companies, I've encountered several of them over the years who, for whatever reason, they just have, well, they have a lot of clients that they're working with and sometimes they got to make adjustments and they send out the, the 1099 forms or the dividend forms and the 1099Bs uh, with updates. And sadly, sometimes uh, people have filed and they got to go back and make changes because of some change on the form. So many people will just wait on those forms to make sure they don't have to do those amended returns. Also, if, keep in mind that if you had insurance through one of the marketplaces or one of the federal exchanges, make sure you have your 1095A because the advanced tax credit you received on your health insurance, that has to be reconciled on your tax return. So if you haven't received that or you need to go onto the website to download that from the exchange, be sure to do that and get that because you'll get one of those letters from the IRS and possibly your tax return will even be rejected without that information on there. Also, it's very important to report all types of income. Yes, all types of income you must report. And that includes cash payments you have received for services. See, because many people have this misconception that, well, I got paid under the table, which is the common term that is used. So it's not reportable. Well, in all reality, that is reportable income. So you should report it. And in many cases, once again, you're only hurting yourself by not reporting this income and paying self-employment tax, which by the way, is your share of social security and Medicare. And regardless of what your personal feelings are, what other people may say about social security, not being around when you get to age 65 or whenever you're looking to be eligible to get your social security, it is going to be there. I mean, that's something I am certain from all the classes and all the research I have personally done, it's going to be there. So you're better off getting those payments made and paying that little bit extra now into uh, Social Security, paying your self-employment tax to get that. So always report all types of income. Now, if you are keeping track of mileage through the year, keep in mind that you need to make sure you present two numbers to your tax professional. Because I'm having to remind everyone I speak to, we need one amount of mileage for January through June, and then a different set of mileage for July, 
through December. It's not necessarily cut it in half and just go like that, but it has to be an actual log that divides up those numbers. So it's very important to make sure you provide that. Also keep in mind that this year, there's a reminder is that for meals at a restaurant, that deduction expires. And that's 100%. That's what makes that significant. So yes, if you've been eating meals in restaurants, 100%, that is now expired. So that don't try to do it in 2023, but possibly for 2022, you can still take it there. Also, some people don't have filing requirements just because their income is below the filing threshold, depending on your filing status. See, if you're married, filing jointly, head of household, uh, or single, you may not have a filing requirement but yet you still may have some earned income. So keep in mind, there are some refundable credits that you can still qualify for and get, even if you don't have, uh, in, even if you don't have taxable income. And that of course includes areas like the earned income tax credit and the additional child tax credit that allows you to get, once again, some, some cash back. And a lot of people file for those and they get those. An exciting announcement that came out earlier this year was that if you file an amended return, you can now get your check through direct deposit. That is just real exciting, something we've been waiting for for a while, because when you file an amended return, not only did you have to wait months for the return to be processed, then you ended up having to wait a few more weeks for your check to get mail. So hopefully that process will be uh, sped up now as amended returns now have direct deposit available. Also, with the SECURE Act 2.0, if you're an IRA owner, uh, the required minimum distribution beginning age has been pushed from 72 to 73. So that's uh, good for those who are not wanting to take money out of the IRAs, but it's an, it's an excellent adjustment that was made in the SECURE Act 2.0. So what are your expectations for this tax season? Well, it really depends on each situation, but I want to remind you that there's a lot of differences. If you haven't already seen it, you're going to see it because of the changes, because 2021 was a very unusual tax year. There were a lot of refundable credits in the 2021 tax year that only applied to 2021, which of course was the, which was one was the expanded child tax credit. Another one was a dependent uh, care credit which uh, was actually refundable in 2021, but is not refundable for 2022. So be aware of that. And so just uh, think about these. So if you haven't already noticed a reduction in your uh, refund from the federal side, be ready. It, it, it could possibly be coming in your case. But once again, every situation, everybody's facts and circumstances are different. It's not exactly going to be the same for everybody. Now, if you're still trying to figure out what you're going to do tax-wise, well, as I've always done on this program, I highly recommend you speak to a tax professional, not just some person who puts out a shingle and says, well, I prepare taxes, but find someone who's a true tax professional. Usually, I recommend you speak to a CPA or an enrolled agent like myself to do and prepare your tax return. Yes, it may cost a little bit more, but at the same time, you get you will get good knowledge and good service. And remember the old adage, you get what you pay for. So always encourage ones to individual taxpayers to choose wisely. 
how professional is the person? How knowledgeable is the person? How do they answer your questions? One of my uh, big recommendations is how do they communicate with you? Uh, do they provide excellent service? And see, that's always been one of my uh, high points. And whenever I work with individuals or work with businesses is to do my best to provide excellent customer service, which what I've encountered in this business is too often there is a lack of customer service in the tax business. And that's why I look at the importance of having service year around, not just during tax time, because some places uh, basically only work during tax time. They're not available year round. They're not available to consult with you. They're not available to do a planning with you during the year. But I always strive to do that. And I encourage you to find a professional that will be available because Planning is so important, especially if you're in small business or if you're considering retirement or considering taking any money out of your uh, 401k or out of an IRA. Before you go talk to the investment professional or wherever your IRA is, go talk to your tax person. Because too often what I see in this instance is individuals who went to the financial institution the financial institution held out the, the normal 10%, which is what many of them do, which is good. But in some cases, it's just not, not, not enough. And in other cases, it's also the fact that the person gets also hit with taxes from their state, which is often overlooked, which could have been avoided if a consultation with your tax professional was necessary. So if you're going to make any moves that could possibly involve tax, talk to your tax professional and make sure that when you select one, you select one who is available all year around. And I always talk about credentials as well. What kind of credentials does this person have? Are they just a the person out there who says, I do taxes. I've been doing taxes for however long, but have they really went and made the effort to get themselves a credential, such as doing an enrolled agent? Now, an enrolled agent like myself is required once we uh, pass the IRS certification exams, we're required to have at least 24 hours a year of continuing education, at least that amount. I say at least because I do way more than that every year anyway. And two of those hours has to be in ethics as well. So then that's very important. So then if you know if you have someone who is the enrolled agent or a CPA that does taxes, because not all CPAs do taxes. Many of them do great work. Well, and they know their stuff, but not all CPAs do taxes. That's one thing uh, that you got to keep in mind. The big difference between a CPA and an enrolled agent is that enrolled agents, their primary focus is taxes. But a CPA, they could be specializing in any number of areas, and but some do specialize in tax. So just, just be aware of that as you go and select a tax professional to work with you. Whereas if you pick someone who, who doesn't have a designation of sort, you don't know how much education they're getting. You don't know that, that they have, well, you just don't know what they have. And you don't even know if they're going to education because they don't necessarily have a requirement. They're just someone who says, I do taxes. So just be aware of that. If you have an issue with your employer, be sure to uh, get a corrected W-2, check with them, get it corrected, if at all possible. Also, same thing with a 1099. You got a 1099 from someone who you did uh, work for as a contractor, and if it's wrong, check with them. Get it corrected before you file. It has to be there, and that's my high recommendation.
I mentioned earlier about April 18th being the deadline to file the tax return. Now, keep this in mind because this is an often misconception. April 18th is a deadline to file your taxes and make payments. So regardless of whether you file your tax return or not on April 18th, and some states still may be April 15th. So you got to check with your state on that. But you are really needing to make a large estimated payment on your taxes if you haven't already made estimated payments and have it paid on time on April 18th. Because you may file an extension, which some people really need to do that. Yet, that extension is only, and I stress the only for filing the tax return, the extension is not for paying the taxes. You're still expected to pay your taxes due by April 18th to the federal government. If you're not sure what you're going to need to pay, it's always good to make some type of payment with the extension. That way, you're covered. And that's what my high recommendation is because what will happen if you don't pay the taxes by April 18th, there's going to be interest and penalties for not making a payment on time. Now, depending on circumstance, you may, you may qualify for some relief on that, but we can consult with ones if they need that particular types of assistance. Watch out. There's always someone out to potentially scam you. There's filing season scams out there every single year. And of course, 2023 is absolutely no exception. Various scams with the forms W-2. So make sure that, uh, and this goes to tax professionals as well. The IRS is alerted, urging people to use the correct information or the correct information from their W-2 forms because there are ones out there that are using false information or even using other people's W-2s to claim false credits. There's also a scam where software is being used to make W-2s with fake income and fake withholding. Watch out. There's hopes of a big refund, which is why they do this. Now, if you are one of these individuals who have done this or you know of someone who is filing like this, there's a $5,000 frivolous return penalty. So don't mess with it. <laughs> I get daily, it seems like, and I see these advertised on social media. This company will help you get the employee retention credit. Summing, some people will always be wondering if they can get that credit. But yet, I always stress, talk to your tax professional, not some company that is just advertising with you, calling with you, sending you these little notices, because I've had a lot of my clients get these. Because you have to carefully review that. There's certain requirements, certain uh, qualifications. The IRS has been auditing these employee retention credits like crazy. And there's a lot of fraudulent companies out there doing things that aren't uh, aren't necessarily right, charging exorbitant fees for these. In some cases, um, even doing like loans to individuals for the credit while they wait for the IRS to process their uh, corrected forms 941 in their claiming of the credit. 
So just be very, very careful and look at it because there's certain qualifications. And once again, if you're an owner, you don't qualify for the credit as an employee of your business. And some of these places will try to make it seem like you do, but just be very, very careful and carefully review it. Now, as I've talked about, there's also an important here. I've talked up to this point mainly about getting your tax return filed, uh, following the rules, avoiding scams, watching out for various people out there who are, who are basically trying to get your money. What I want to go in and remind you now about is the fact that tax preparation or tax resolution, what is your choice? Well, frankly, I'm going to tell you the choice or the low cost choice is to get your tax return filed on time, every time. So what we need to do then is to be seeking to do all that we can in working together. And what do I mean by that is work with your tax professional to get your tax return done. Yes, get it done on time because if you don't, you could be contacting a professional like myself to do tax resolution, which is needed, which comes in if you have failed to file a tax return. Now, also, when I go in and I work with individuals, sometimes what do I go in and find out, just as I did on a client recently, that a substitute return had been filed on their behalf. And what happens when the IRS files a substitute tax return is they file it to their advantage, which basically means you owe the maximum tax that is possible. In fact, you can end up owing, according to the IRS substitute filed tax return, you could end up owing tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax, interest, and penalties. And when you get a notice like that, you hear then on the satellite ad radio going, we can save you dollars. We can reduce your tax by whatever amount and settle it for $2 or $1, $10, whatever the case may be. Well, once again, what do they do? Do they really know your situation? They're just throwing something out there saying, we can do this. But do they really look at your situation? Do they really analyze your situation? That is the true question. Do they do that? I don't know. But what we need to know is question-wise is, are they going to do this analysis, which is something that we do here we do an analysis to see whether what you qualify for, because everybody is different. You just can't go in and do a tax a tax resolution matter or with what's known as an offer and compromise. You have to qualify for it. What can you qualify for? We have to do an analysis because you may not even qualify to do this offer. You may have, you may have, to do an installment agreement with the IRS, which are really actually very easy to do. Now, if you do happen to qualify for an offer and compromise, we got to figure out what type. The most common type is a doubt as to collectability, which with that, what we come to see is that you are then 
because of low assets and low future income potential, you're simply unable to pay the tax. And that's uh, what I most often do. And that's what many tax professionals dealing in this type of work do is to uh, show the IRS through documentation uh, the fact that they, they're low, very low chance to collect this. Another option you may have is doubt as to liability. Ready to try to show to the IRS, I'm not liable for this debt. Now, this um, I have seen happens most often in payroll tax cases uh, where you have a certain manager who had certain responsibility in a business and the IRS is trying to hold them responsible for the payroll taxes. Well, maybe they didn't have as much responsibility as the IRS thinks they did. And thus through documentation and certain other means, show them that, no, you can't collect this. It's not going to be good. Each circumstance is based on an individual person's facts and circumstances. And Another area that comes up when one has issues with the IRS is there's a lien on my property and I want to sell my home. Am I stuck? Well, the simple answer to that is not necessarily. Why was a lien filed? Well, a lien was filed because you put, you had back taxes, you ignored the back taxes you owe more than $10,000. And it's just like any other lien, like, like when a bank finds files a lien on your property when you get the mortgage loan, they're protecting their interests. That's a simple thing with an IRS loan. IRS lien is that the IRS is protecting their interests or the government's interests in it. So what essentially does happen? Say you want to sell your home or another property, but the IRS is, has put a lien well, what'll happen, you sell your home, you, you may have good equity in your home. Say you have a $200,000 home, you have a $100,000 mortgage, and you sell it for $200,000. Well, the mortgage lender is going to get paid off, they're $100,000. But then say if you owe the IRS $50,000, the IRS is going to get $50,000 of that, then you'll just get the remaining 50,000. So it just protects the government's interest so that the government gets paid before you get paid. So yes, you can sell. Now, ways you can help work with this is make sure uh, that you can maybe still work up a payment plan with the IRS, even if there's a lien, and you may even qualify for an offer and compromise. IRS collection notices come out too oftentimes uh, these are based on either W-2s or 1099s. And most often when I see these type of situations is someone worked somewhere or they did some contract work somewhere and they just, I don't know, forgot, overlooked, uh, and it's not reported on the tax return. These usually follow up later on down, <clears throat> later on after tax filing season is complete. So just be aware that once again, as I mentioned earlier, make sure you have all of your forms before you file and get it all done because the IRS will send a collection notice out as they do the matching, the income matching to what was reported on the tax return to what was submitted by third parties. And if those don't match up good, then 
Yeah, you could get it. Now, there is an exception on that, of course, in the case of identity theft, which if you happen to be a victim of identity theft, and I've had these situations happen where an individual has a W-2 from, from a state clear across the country. They never lived there. They were never there, but it shows up on the on the client's account. So what do we do? Well, we work with the IRS to show that this person did not work there. They were they had never lived in the state. Here's where the residence is. And once we establish that, and usually the IRS can be pretty good about it. It just takes a little bit of work to get done, but it can be accomplished so that once again, the person or you as the taxpayer can be able to uh, make sure you pay the taxes that you actually owe and not some taxes that someone else created as a result. Also, another situation that arises in the tax resolution field is sometimes just not due to lack of uh, tax filing, but maybe a tax filing that you weren't aware of. So what do I mean? Well, I've encountered cases, and this does happen, where you have a married couple and there's a tax return that was filed with not necessarily accurate information, but it was a jointly filed tax return. And because this couple filed it, they're both signed the tax return or supposedly signed the tax return. They're both responsible for the taxes. So what can one spouse do or that really was not well informed or or maybe the tax return was filed without their knowledge or it was just just filed or they just were told sign here so they signed and tax return was submitted. Well, there is a deal we work on and I've done this in on occasions what's called innocent spouse relief. So how does this work? Well, in a couple cases, in one case I've had where a spouse, where a husband uh, was filing some tax returns for for the family and filled it all out, claimed uh, various uh, credits, refundable credits on the tax return, uh, but didn't claim all his income. The wife signed the tax return, submitted it, and they submitted the tax return. Well, two, three years later, the couple's now divorced, but the wife, in this case, because she signed the tax return, uh, gets a notice in the mail from the IRS saying, you owe us thousands of dollars. Well, why does she owe them thousands of dollars? Well, as it turned out, there were 1099s filed in the uh, ex-husband's name and social security number from work he had done, but did not report on the tax return, which created self-employment tax. Secondly, that additional income also created the situation where refundable credits they received now needed to be returned to the IRS because they no longer qualified for those credits. So what did we need to do? Well, we needed to file for innocent spouse relief. 
we worked on it for a while, sat down, visited with the client, the the wife in this case, it was my client came in. We sat down, we went, went through the information, gathered all the information together, completed the necessary forms, provided the necessary documentation and the necessary explanations. And it took a few months and that that wife eventually, or ex-wife at that time, eventually had the relief that she needed to be able to not have to pay those taxes and was relieved of that debt and it was all put upon the ex-husband to have to pay all of that debt or all of that tax information back. That's one example of a, in the case of a divorce. I have another case in this where I've had to work with a couple where uh, there had been, once again, tax returns filed. This person was self-employed. Uh, they had filed joint tax returns. In this case, there, all the income had been reported. But what happened is that tax returns were filed, once again, without the, in this case, the wife's consent, once again. But her name was on it like they had filed joint returns. The complication in this fact is, is that the husband passed away so that the only one that the uh, IRS could possibly collect from was the wife, the surviving spouse. And so she's getting these large bills from the IRS for three years of tax returns, unpaid taxes, unpaid self-employment tax from her now deceased husband. What do we do? Well. Once again, we go through the process, we gather all the information together, we fill out the necessary forms for the IRS and give an excellent explanation as to what happened, provide documentation uh, to get there. And in this purse, once again, the spouse was relieved of having to owe that tax debt from her deceased husband based on the facts and circumstances in each in, in her case. So what do we learn from this is that make sure that uh, you, when you're filing a married, filing a joint tax return, is that you, what you do is you find and you learn exactly what is going on tax-wise, especially if there's going to be any amount owed. So what do we also kick learn from this is that as a taxpayer, as I mentioned earlier, tax preparation or tax resolution, what will you choose? My recommendation all, all is always to choose tax preparation, timely tax preparation to get on time because in the long run, you as the taxpayer are going to save money. You're going to save money in taxes, penalties, interest. You're going to save money on uh, preparation and professional fees because by paying on time, getting this all done, you're not going to have to pay someone which I'm talking because I do, I do both sides of this. I work with both sides. I work with preventing ones from getting into this situation and then helping ones out of the tax situation. And I'd rather be much more on the side of helping you to get to stay compliant and to be there. And we do that through our various uh, tax uh, planning services uh, throughout the year. 
by helping you to make sure that you stay compliant with all tax, all the appropriate taxes, planning sessions, working together, sitting down, keeping, looking at individual situations, reviewing your, your business where that's applicable. And also looking at your individual situation, meeting uh, multiple times a year, at least quarterly is usually what I recommend, but definitely uh, no less than at least in the middle of the year to review your withholding so that we can ensure that come tax time, there are no surprises. So where is this tax season going to end? Well, we know it's going to end on uh, April 18th, but at the same time for those filing extensions, uh, well, business extensions, we're talking to September 15th, if you're dealing with an S-Corp, multi-person LLC or partnership and some individuals there. And there's some issues going on there as well. There's some new forms that are having to be completed, at least I'm completing as a protection for my clients. And there's been, you may have heard of them, they're called K2 and K3 forms regarding international, which uh, I find interesting, but I'm doing protective services for my clients by filling them out, even if they have no uh, international income, just for the benefit of the client, because of the way that all these forms work and making sure that the client is well protected, which is always my interest is in protecting the client. So then also keep in mind that other deadlines are coming up. Of course, April 18th is also for your C corporations this year, but you can extend once again, business returns can be extended out to September 15th. And of course, personal returns extended to October 15th. Now, as I said, that's only an extension to file, not an extension to pay your tax. So if you think you're going to owe or feel or know you're going to owe, prepare now and let's make an estimated tax payment. Because once again, like all other tax payments, they will always be refunded if you overpaid, as well as prevent yourself from having any uh, penalties and interest as a result of filing late. Certainly a lot covered today, kind of a grab bag of uh, different areas, not really focusing, but just kind of just giving a good broad perspective today to you of keeping in mind some various points for tax preparation as we uh, get ready to wrap up another tax season here. And so look over everything very closely, get all your paperwork together. I suggest uh, that you have information to your tax professional no later than April 1st to get your tax, to get to have your tax return prepared. But each tax professional is a little bit different. That's usually the deadline I use. If you want it done by April 15th or April 18th, I need to have the information by April 1st. That's the only way. And even at that, I can't guarantee it, but it's most likely will be completed there. But if it's after that, you will probably be filing an extension and let's try to figure out if you will be owing taxes so we can also calculate an extended payment in there for you. Watch out for the various tax scams out there because there's always somebody trying to say, well, you don't need to owe tax or they come up with some little scam as to, oh, you can put uh, money into this and reduce your taxes. So let's just be careful out there of all of these different circumstances that are happening Always talk to a qualified tax professional. I always recommend an enrolled agent or a CPA to prepare your tax return. 
Again, I am so appreciative of all that listened to this program, and I thank you all. Feel free to contact me, Marcelino Dodge, at success at cashtracksfinancial.com. You can give a call at 844-394-4287 or visit at cashtracksfinancial.com. I thank you today for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge, Enrolled Agent. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week. year you file taxes, save money, spend money, and run your business. You try to educate yourself and manage as much as you can on your own. But no matter how hard you search, trying to find the solutions right for you can lead to frustration and burnout. The traditional tax filing and bookkeeping approach no longer works. In a perfect world, the tax professional would work with you throughout the year so you have more time and energy to do the things you love. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial believes you should focus on your job and have a partner to support you to take care of everything else. That is why we developed our personal success and business success bundles. Our clients achieve better results because we focus on more than just tax and bookkeeping stuff. We start with a no-cost mutual exploration meeting to determine if our success bundles are right for you. To schedule your free mutual exploration session, call 844-394-4287, email success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit cashtracksfinancial.com.